Thank you for stopping by, guys. In this episode, we have stand-up comedian Mike Ishak. We talk about his journey over from Detroit. We talk about him producing Swamp People. He is a veteran, so we talk about conspiracies, get a little political. It's a very interesting conversation. Mike's got a lot to say. He's a hilarious comedian. So like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Listen to us on Spotify or iTunes. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Take care. Give it up. Mike Ishak. What's up, buddy? It's good to see you. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Thanks for all it's the tequila, It's been a while. Man. Yeah. Good, man. This is, uh, look at that. This guy's trying to kill me. I know. I know you're a big pothead. I didn't know you drank tequila, too. Yeah, man. Tequila, pot, mushrooms. Those are my go-tos. Nice. Yeah, bro. You do psychedelics? Oh, dude. Are you kidding me? Like, still? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, still. <laughs> no, bro. Those were the early two thousands. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I still, I still, man. Every day. Uh, I was down in Tulum a couple weeks ago, and uh, dude, like they had fucking ayahuasca signs. Like, hey, come do ayahuasca. F-, you know what a shaman, dude, all over the place. And I'm kind of worried DMT about doing that too. in Mexico. I'm kind of worried. <laughs> I was a little worried too. Yeah. Did you do it? No, I didn't oh. do it. Yeah. Okay. But, they had DMT also. DMT experiences also. So what did you have to like go out into the woods with these guys and some shit? Yeah. See, that's what I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not privy to that, bro. Yeah. That's like, I think they're gonna take you over there and then they're gonna like blow angel dust in your face <laughs> and then you're gonna wake up and your liver's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're gonna be sitting in a ice, uh, some ice and a, and a and a and a and a note for the nearest hospital that you can go to. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, that's uh, pretty extreme. But I, you know, I think that. It does happen around the world. This, I think in China, they do a lot of that stuff where they fucking... Harvest your kidneys. Yeah. That's crazy, bro. I know, bro. It's nuts. You know, maybe because I do a lot of mushrooms, I, I think too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think of every fucking angle. Like, wow, all these, like, I extrapolate yeah. Yeah. everything that I can that could happen. And then I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. That's yeah. That's stupid. It's Have crazy. you done DMT, though? Yeah. How yeah. many times? Uh, Like, Three. Damn. Yeah, yeah. It was nothing crazy like Rogan talks about. I didn't, you know. I did you maybe, did you not do enough maybe? Uh, I mean, maybe it was just mixed with other stuff, you know, tequila and uh, mushrooms. Did or you whatever. smoke it? Um, was yeah. it like a powder that you smoked, yeah, right? No, it was a powder. Yeah. Oh, no, I put it under my tongue once. Uh, what the fuck And that was that? okay. No, because I, and then I didn't know you had to smoke it. You're supposed to smoke it. Yeah, yeah. Some guy gave you the powder and you put it under your tongue? Yeah. And something happened? Uh, Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was like Molly. But it yeah, only it was, lasted like real short, right? It didn't yeah. last long. Yeah, it didn't last minutes. long at all. Yeah. Have you done Molly? I have done Molly. I've done old school, early 2000s ecstasy, which was really crack yeah. and like mixed with like <laughs> uh, a rat poison or some shit. <laughs> Drano? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Ecstasy. That, those were the days, Mike. The early 2000s, those were the days, bro. Remember? Rolling? Yeah, dude. And then, like, you'd be, uh, you'd be having a yeah. good time, but you're like this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude. Nuts. I know. I used to go to those rave yeah. parties in Detroit when, like, the the uh, ecstasy was hitting really hard, man. And yeah. uh, I knew a couple of guys that would, like, roll so hard. Uh-huh. They would have the sucker in it, and they broke their oh. tooth. What? Yeah. Two, I know two guys that did that. Oh, my that. God. And it's like, at that point, bro, I think it's time to give it up, cuz. <laughs> the fuck? You broke your tooth? Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Sometimes it would be so intense, bro. I'd go into a club 
and I'd be rolling so hard. I would, I'd go into the stall and, and I wouldn't come out until, uh, last call. Like my friends would have to come get me, dude. It was just so overwhelming, dude. Really? Yeah. It was I crazy. never took it like that, man. Huh? No. I, I just think it was like really strong back in the day. Well, because they were cutting it with yeah. everything. That's what bro. I mean. Like, I think the stuff that I was getting was cut with like acid. Uh-huh. It was yeah. like you had ecstasy, yeah. but then you were also getting this cocaine. Yeah. And then sometimes acid Heroin. felt like. I think it, because like you got a body high too. It was like so intense, man. I think a lot of opioids were, were mixed into really? it. Really? I don't with know, speed. man. Oh, think about it, dude. Like heroin and like, you know, whatever, meth. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know either. I've never done yeah. meth. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, I had what, morphine at, at, at the, uh. At the hospital, that shit was supposed to be kind of like heroin. Yeah. That shit was, whoa, bro. That was like, I mean, I felt good, and I was just talking morphine? love. Morphine? Yeah, yeah. Because I had to, an opioid. They had to work on my knee one time, mm. then they gave me the button. Oh, fuck. And then every time you click it, it just give you a dose, and I was just yeah. like, this is amazing, yeah. Why? So, so you were awake for the whole thing? Yeah. Obviously, if they yeah. give you a button, Yeah, right? yeah. It was, I had, a, I, had like a, I had like this big giant like cyst on my knee. Like oh, okay. A, they call it a boil. Oh. It was like really big. It was just a pus-filled vo- volcano on oh, my fucking knee, shit. bro. And it wouldn't pop, so I had to go in. They had to cut that shit. And they numbed me up. And because of how much they had to like dig out, uh, they, they put me on morphine afterwards. And then I was just like sitting at the hospital all day with this button. Yeah, did they put a syringe in there and they pulled out the pus or whatever was in there? Yeah, bro. They first they popped it and then all the pus came out and then Jesus. they took like uh, um, like uh, uh, some type of forceps or like um, listen because I'm a mechanic like diagonal cutting pliers, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like little pliers, like yeah. little needle nose pliers, Jesus. and like went in there and then like pulled out this big chunk of like pus that was like hardened and like blind. look at your face yeah no no yeah <laughs> yeah and then the, and then they were like yeah bro you're uh, sit here for six hours and get high and it was fucking great bro yeah yeah i was really really impressed with that that was the only time i ever had it now it was clean right from the doctor right oh, that was yeah. the good shit but at the like same the time it's like I, I could tell how important it was for me never to have that again mm, no because i can really love that you know what i <laughs> yeah, mean yeah yeah have you ever done heroin no no uh, I was uh, drugged by a, a, a girlfriend at the time. She put, uh, she was a tweaker. She uh, put on uh, some uh, uh, meth into my margarita, and I didn't know it. And I was like, whoa. She put meth yeah. in your margarita, so you yeah. can drink meth too? You're not supposed to. I mean, because it, it really, it, I think there is Drano in that, because my throat felt like it was burning. burnt. Burnt. Like you, like, like you drank Nair. Yeah. No, if, yeah, exactly. No, I felt like I at least like maybe had a uh, you know first degree burn in my yeah. plastic, whatever. I can't even say it. Yeah, we're too stupid yeah, to know. Yeah. Esophagus. Yeah, esophagus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's nuts, dude. Yeah, fucking tweaker. You know, she used to smoke it. I didn't even know, dude, because I didn't even know what the hell you know meth was. You, you were know? ignorant to it completely. Yeah, I, just, I was. You know, and whatever she was on, you weren't even like able to like like scope that right. out or f- no, figure out what right. she was on. You yeah. were just like her ass is nice, right? Yeah, that's all that matters, right? Especially when you're young. Yeah, especially when you're young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because like what we we know is like, oh, someone's drunk. Yeah, you could tell. You know, yeah. you know, yeah, someone's yeah, yeah. high. You know, I could tell the guy's high, but like math, I wasn't uh, aware of like the symptoms and what you know what that fucking entailed. But 
Yeah, that was it was it was wild. Yeah, man, math never yeah. done it. I'm scared, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, you should be. I have an addictive yeah. personality, yeah. bro. Uh huh. My whole family's like uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I gotta choose my drugs wisely. And uh, for me, it's weed. Yeah. Tequila, occasional mushrooms. Yeah. DMT. I've done it one. I've done it two times. Yeah. Second time I did it, I fucked up. Yeah. I took too much, bro. Yeah. I took maybe three doses. Uh huh. Worth, because I didn't measure it out. All right, and uh, I still don't want to do it again. That's how intense that DMT trip was, bro. It was to a point where it was kind of like I had my fill. I think I figured it out. I think I'm kind of done for now. And it's interesting, man. It's like the the it was so intense that for the first time ever, I'm kind of like I'm okay with psychedelics now. It's uh. kind of like I went to the penthouse uh. of all psychedelics that yeah. you could get, like the levels of high. Yeah, I made it to the penthouse. Uh, okay, and the yeah. people in the penthouse were like, "You're done. Yeah, you made it to the top. Yeah, yeah. Here's your trophy. Get the fuck out of here. That's cool. You know. But I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm I'm hoping for the day where I'm ready to go again. Yeah, yeah. Because this next time I want to go, I want to go with an intention. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? Like people would say like. Before you go on a DMT trip or something like that, or like a, a mushroom trip, do it with some type of an intention. Maybe there's a question that you have, something you're trying to fucking figure out in life. And they say sometimes if you have that intention before you go and travel into that trip, a lot of the times on the other side, you'll, you'll get an answer. That's a good idea. I've never done that. No, it's just yeah. like, you know, let's see what kind of wild shit we could have, you know. But uh, I know there's a lot of benefits to it. That's why... Uh, you know, there's micro dosing, you know, the mushrooms right now because it's helping so many people in so many different ways. I know that uh, I always feel like uh, if I had any sort of anxiety, it was taken away from me when, when I, after a mushroom trip. And that's why I recommend it to a lot of people that, um, that are very anxious people. Mm, you know what I mean? I They're, agree. Yeah. But you got to be careful. It's very easy to take a little too much sometimes. You know? But even if you do, it's it's not going to kill you. No, it's not going to kill you. But it could scare you. And it could, sometimes you can take, I think when people with anxiety got to be careful though, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't give them too much, man. Yeah. Because I think people with anxiety could really, like if you gave somebody with anxiety a really, really big uh, dose and uh-huh. it was their first dose, you could really, really break them, man. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think that when it comes to psychedelics, you just got to go slow. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like, I'm at that point now, I've done it so much mm-hmm. that I respect it. Yeah. Like, well, a, yeah. like I'm a Marine, like how I respect a gun. Yeah. Like, if a gun was in the room, yeah. how much respect I would give y- that gun. Y- sure. That's how I am with sure. psychedelics now. Yeah, Does that, that make sense? No, it makes uh, complete sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, woo, anymore. Right, right, right. Sure, and you should be. And I, and I respect that that you respect psychedelics like that yeah. because I, I have the same respect for psychedelics too. Like as much as like, I think they're like so much fun and this and that, I, I think that they should be legal, you know, because, mm. you know, they did start using them as, uh, you know, an aid, you know, like uh therapist used to use it, uh, on couples ecstasy mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. That's where it all started, yeah. you know, and they used to do that. And, and same thing, you know, with, uh, acid, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, they used to, to use that, you know, with the military and whatnot. So uh, MK ultra, the, what the CIA developed yeah. that MK ultra program. Cause when LSD was, found out the cia was like hey maybe we can control people's minds with this shit so they would kidnap americans in the middle of the night and fucking dose them with lsd and just watch them and see if they can like try to 
feed their brains with lies and stuff. It's like a really fucked up thing. And like, you can find all of the documents. They're all declassified and everything. And then in the end, they basically found out, nah, man, we can't control people on this. It actually makes them think too much. <laughs> yeah. And I was wow. like, better make that shit illegal, bro. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, know? you see? Yeah, that's crazy, But at bro. first, they were trying to see if they could use it yes. to control people. Yes. Like, But then they found out, nope, opposite. Like Corona? Ooh, oh, nice let's talk about that. Nice. Segue. What do you think about that? I want to know, bro. <laughs> well, let's bro, go there. After, okay. After we just talked, we just said what we just said. That was a good then, segue, like, though. No, that's what I mean. No, like, <laughs> like if you if you don't if you don't think that the government is perfectly capable of doing that and generating it in the lab and doing what they want with it, you know what I mean? That's like you'd be silly not to. As, especially after the history, if if you know already that the you know the CIA you know bought drugs from Nicaragua and sold it to the LA streets, so that they that. can fund a war in Iran, yeah, without the Iranians knowing, yeah, because basically, <laughs> look look how crazy, yeah. look how right. crazy that's the yeah. Iran Contra scandal. Mm-hmm. So basically, Ronald Reagan goes, "We're going to do a war on drugs." Little did Americans know that the war on drugs was focused on black communities, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They flooded the streets with drugs that they got from people that they hooked up with in Central America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then they flooded the American streets on this war. So they go, we're going to do a war on drugs. Yeah. We're going to secretly, we're going to flood drugs into the, 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 the United States. Yeah. Targeting black people. Yeah. Then the money that they make from those drugs. Yeah. They funnel those in underground networks and they fund Iran to fight Saddam Hussein in Iraq, all the while Saddam Hussein thinks we are on his side. So we're supplying Saddam Hussein with weapons to fight Iran, but at the same time, we didn't want Iran or Saddam Hussein to either get stronger. So what do we do? We illegally funnel money to Iran and fund them with weapons without them knowing. And we did it all on the backs of black people. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So if you know that something like that can happen and has happened and has been documented. It's fact. Now, when you tell me that the government used Corona, part of me goes, that's a little far fetched. But another part of me goes, keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you course, never know. Bro. I mean, think about back in the 80s, bro. If someone would have told you what you just told me repeated, what you just told me to you, that what the government's doing it, you'd be like. Yeah, All right, right, buddy. Yeah, you're yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should lock you up. That, that sounds like a movie, bro. That's yeah. a, a premise for a movie. It's diabolical. It is diabolical. It's diabolical, and Not, we participated in it. Yeah, but we didn't know we did. No, but we are always participating in things that we don't know. With these fucking f- shitheads that we put in power. That's right. Don't get me started, bro. The mushrooms. The mushrooms are kicking in. <laughs> Not only that. We we gave uh, uh, guns to uh, Nicaragua to overthrow their government because we wanted our guy to be running it down there. Yeah, not the guy that was running it at the time. Right. You know what I mean. Right. So we've we've helped you know uh, countries overthrow their government because we didn't like the guy that was in power. We do that all How about the time. That? Yeah, we do that all yeah. the time. Right. We'll fund. This happens all the time. Mm-hmm. We will fund someone. Yeah. To fight someone else. Yeah. Then when that person succeeds in their mission to yeah. fight the other people, yeah. we turn our back on them. Yeah. Then they hate us. Yeah. And then we use them as an enemy yeah. to unite the American people to do other fucking shit. Right. Like Osama bin Laden. Right. 
Right, right. He was our boy. He was. We were funneling money to him to fight the, the Soviets the, the in Soviets. Afghanistan. Yeah. And then when he finally yeah. did everything that we were hoping that he did, we were like, oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. And then he was like, no, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. And then like both him and America used their 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 enemies as a way to recruit people. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, dude. So Corona. Back to Corona. <laughs> I'm just saying it anything's possible, dude. Like I I I I believe a fraction of what I'm told. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm you know the same I mean? way, man. Yeah. Part of me so there are some biologists that have gone public and said that if you looked at Corona under a microscope, it has the telltale signs of something that's been manipulated in a lab. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, okay, it was created in a lab. And let's just say Wuhan. Then maybe that's probably where, because we know that they were studying it there. Yeah. Okay. They're going to blame it on the wet markets. Okay. But now that it's out there, Biologists are going, hey, it doesn't look like it evolved naturally. It looks like it came from a fucking lab. Yeah, right. Now, do you think the Chinese government and the American government and the Soviet government and all of them are working in unison to try to shut down economies? Or do you think that it just went out? And this is what I think happened. I think it just came out on accident. Uh-huh. Yeah. And as politicians do, they use opportunities like this to seize power. Yeah. So what do you think? Do you think it was like created as a conspiracy to to shut us down, or or or, or I don't know, I, I want to know what you think. I, I think what you just said, I agree with. Which one? The second part. The first one. Like, that, like they it actually was, created it to and, like so all of these it, countries got, are working in unison. No, no, I I feel like it got away from them. Yeah, and and, and shit went wrong, and now it's out. It's, it's just fun. an accident. Yeah, it's an accident. And some politicians are taking advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how everything goes. Sure. Yeah, because they because who who's affected by it uh, immediately? You know the one percent, right? Because they own the most of it. Yeah, uh, you know businesses, whatever. So if things shut down, who's affected right away? The one percent. Mm, I don't know They're about running. that. No, I think I think it's easy to think that that's not the case. I think the the one percent, they have so much money, Eric, that they can lose so much money. I don't think a lot of people understand how. Like it works to be rich. It, if you have, let's say you're somebody that saved money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's say you saved a hundred thousand dollars, million dollars. You have disposable income that you can use because you're rich. Right. Yeah. Economies collapse, right? Your businesses are now doing less. Correct. When the economy collapses, prices of everything seem to go down. Housing, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're dealing with accumulating assets at rock bottom prices. Uh-huh. You have a million dollars. That million dollars is now worth more than a million dollars, buddy. Uh-huh. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the top 1%, man, you could shut down all their businesses right now. They still have too much money. Uh-huh. Right. But they didn't get all that money because they're they're okay with losing money. No, I know that. But in fact, they the hang on to their, they hang on to money more than true the broke people. That's what makes that's why we're that broke. What makes wealthy people wealthy. Yeah. But at the same time, you got to understand though, they still have so much disposable income that now that assets have gone down in prices, they can accumulate more assets because when the economy picks back up, now they have even more than they had. Mm-hmm. 
So to me, it's like the people that really get hit hard the most is Main Street, not Wall Street. Main Street. Yeah. Us. Yeah. We're the ones that get hit the hardest because you take our everything and we have nothing left to fucking work right. with. Right. No, well, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that. I mean, we're getting screwed, you know, through taxes and, you know, the wealthy are paying none. So, of course, we're getting screwed. Yeah. I mean, that's why I, th- I always tell my liberal friends, man, I have a lot of liberal friends that are just too, um, they don't understand finances. They don't take it seriously. You know, like, I can't help it, man. Growing up Middle Eastern, Mm -hmm. being an Arab in America, you realize right away, all this fucking game you guys are playing with politics and this president's better than that president, every Arab knows one thing. What? You're still going to blow us up. It don't matter if it's a Democrat, you're going to blow up our homeland. I don't care if it's a Republican, you're going to blow up our fucking homeland. That's just what you guys are going to fucking do. And I think majority of people in America, especially liberals, need to have an Arab mindset. You need an exit strategy. Any fucking Arab or minority you talk to, I bet you any money they have some type of exit strategy. Whether they have finances, uh, they, they figured out things, um, uh, investments, multiple income streams. Uh, they're doing stand-up, but then they're also selling homes. Right. Like my boy Willie Mack, you know? Uh-huh. Like... A lot of my liberal friends, man, that I know, they don't have exit but if, strategies. But if what you just said, like uh, what the Arabs know that, that everyone else doesn't know is that whether you're Democrat or uh, Republican, you're going to blow our shit up. That's so it. That, I mean, then why, why pick a side and why, why are you... Uh, That's why right? when you see Arabs in this country, yeah. we're only focused on one thing, money. That's it. We don't get bent out of shape. How many like white liberals you see losing their shit over stuff that changes that's nothing? How many Arabs you see losing their shit because you're blowing up their country? None. They just come here, they buy a gas station, then they buy another gas station, then they buy a fucking apartment (laughs) building, and then they buy another apartment building. And then they just fucking keep doing that over and over again while you guys are blowing up their country. You know what I'm saying? It's like Chinese do that too. Chinese own like I don't know what it's like. Forty percent Chinese of the are United real States. hustlers, bro. Yeah, they're the they, real hustlers, man. Want to talk about buying shit, knowing and shit? You know, China. You know, uh, I think the you know the Sears Tower in Chicago, and now it's called something else. But uh, I think that's owned by a Chinese company. So yeah, that's why you know they changed the name. It doesn't and, surprise me. I mean, they all yeah. have a lot of money in our economy, mm-hmm. especially in like U.S. bonds. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, I think a lot of Americans don't realize how our economy is been up for sale to other countries. Mm-hmm. And at a drop of a hat, they could pull their money out of our economy and we are fucked. Yeah. So, you know, it's like we're on a, we're, we're living in a mansion. Yeah. But the foundation is built with toothpicks. Yeah. That's basically what we're dealing with when it comes to our economy right now. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, man. To me, I'm just like really, I'm just, I'm just like, especially like right now, I'm just baffled, bro, because I'm starting to see like all of the flaws, like Trump exposed so many flaws on the liberal side. Trump, you know what a disclosing tablet is? No. Do you know when you remember when you went to the dentist and the dentist, like after you were done, he would give you this, this kit to go home and it had a toothbrush and toothpaste oh, yeah. and then he gave you those little tablets and he yeah. said he goes I want you to floss really good yeah. I want you to brush close to your gums right 
And he goes, and then you'll know if you miss the spot, if you oh, right. eat this disclosing tablet. Right, right. And what, it was like an orange tablet, yeah. and then you ate it, and then it turned all the spots that you missed orange. Right. That's what Trump did for the liberals. Mm. That's what Trump did. When Trump came in and then COVID came in, it really exposed to me how weak many liberals are and how unprepared many liberals are. Like I used to be those, one of those liberals a long time ago where I would look at you as crazy if you, did, you had to get a gun or get a CCW. I'm like, why are you paranoid? Like that's a mindset of a liberal. You know what I mean? Like, why are you paranoid? Oh, you got like a, you have like a, a food stocked up in case there's yeah. like nuclear war. Conservatives <laughs> are about that shit, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's smart. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen around the corner. And to me, yeah. that's one thing that it exposed. It exposed a lot of, of um, weak ass liberals and how, how I realized I needed to strengthen my defenses. You know what I mean? How I had mm -hmm. to start thinking about my finances and shit like that and, and being more prepared. But I don't know, man. These are some fucking fun times, bro. It is. <laughs> I mean, so you own properties in Detroit, you were saying, so you get, it's rental properties, right? So you have tenants over there? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of tenants were like, sorry, landlord, I don't got it. Not many of them. Really? Bro, I've, uh, I've, I'm very good at what I do, man. When it comes to fucking real estate, um, especially when it comes to renting properties, I'm a good judge of character, Eric. I can read people, bro. Like, you don't need a background check. I'm, I'm going to do that too. Oh. I'm going to do all that. Yeah. But sometimes even the background check and the, the, the credit score don't mean shit. Sometimes you can just sense from a person that if things were to get a little shaky, they would try to take advantage of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So out of all the homes I had, only three of the tenants kind of gave me problems during COVID. Uh -huh. um, and what's funny is all those three tenants, I didn't place them. Okay. My new property manager mm. placed them. So there was a point recently where I was like, maybe I can just let it go and let the property manager handle it. Yeah. And the last three people that he placed mm. were the ones that are giving me trouble. Wow. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And is. all the ones I put in. Yeah. They're all paying. Some of them are paying months ahead of time. Wow. Huh. So, yeah, man, real estate can really bite you. And I think a lot of people put shit people as tenants. Yeah. And then they have that nightmare. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I used to have roommates because I used to own houses and uh, I would, you know, pay practically half of my mortgage with the rent that I was getting from my roommates. That's awesome. Yeah. And That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, and I found all my roommates on Craigslist and they all worked out. And I'm, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character too because all the ones that i took on none of them screwed me the, the only two that screwed me were uh ones i was doing a favor they were friends <laughs> right mm, so see, yeah. there you go there you go yeah there you go man i mean like uh, would you would you be somebody who would like wait a long time to find the right tenant yeah for sure sometimes yeah, i would leave one of my properties vacant for like three months until so, i found the right tenant of course it makes all the difference. It does. I have a lot of guys who like in, 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 in the renting, they're like, what the fuck, you haven't rented out yet? You're losing money. I'm like, no, dude, I'll lose more money if I put the wrong person in there. Yeah. Because it takes three to four months just to evict them. Yeah, I know. And then that person, if they hate you, could tear the fucking place up. Yeah. And then now you're not only in the hole of the rent that they should have owed you, now you got to yeah. fix the place. Mm -hmm. I, thank God I've never had that. Especially yet. in California, they have more rights than the landlord's. Like in, I'm sure in Detroit it's the other way around, but in California nah. to get try to evict somebody, I mean it's 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 brutal, bro. You won't even believe what happened with this one property I had, bro. 
My God. What happened? This lady owes me $16,000 in rent. Wow. Still? Because of the government, bro. Oh, okay. Before COVID, I had to evict her. Uh-huh. The judge was nice to her, gave her a chance. Mm. Then she didn't pay again the second time. Took her to court the second time. Yeah. The judge was nice to her again, gave her another chance. Then I had to take her court the third time, bro. And on the third time, finally the judge was like, okay, you're obviously playing games. You need to get out of here by the end of the month. Before the end of the month hit, COVID happened. Freeze on all evictions. That bitch is still there. Wow. Dude, you got screwed, bro. Hard. Wow. Hard. That's the wow. hardest. That's the hardest. That's yeah. the hardest I've been screwed. And she and she obliterated the home. Wow. No, it's obliterated. Really? It's obliterated. It's obliterated. She completely fucked it up. Like, I have to now just sell the home. It's like. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's all because the government just was, for some reason, just too nice for some yeah. dumbass reason. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's brutal, dude. I know, man. But, yeah. Oh no! So, are you one to to believe uh, conspiracy theories, or you just feel that way about COVID? And um, I mean, how do you? You know, when it comes to COVID, I don't really believe in the conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I believe that it came from a lab. Okay, I do believe that, Mm -hmm. especially with a lot of what the biologists are, are saying. You know, these scientists have been actually looking it under a scope. And yeah. what they have been saying. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe we need to be like shutting shit down the way we're doing. Mm-hmm. I think we're overreacting. Yeah. I think we're at a point right now where the weakest people in our society now all have a voice. I got these cards, Mike. I'm going to just ask you uh, questions. I'm going to pick a random card and you answer. It's that easy. If you could instantly become one... What would you want to be an expert in? Instantly become one. Be- yeah, Is that an how expert. They- yeah. So it's basically saying an expert. What, what would you want to be an expert in? Oh. Um, I want to be an expert in time travel. Okay. Fuck yeah. Do we have to like keep it in reality? You don't want to be a shitty time traveler. You want to be an expert. That's so funny. Nah, like it doesn't I want to even be a, exist. You, you want to be the best already. I want to be the best time <laughs> traveling expert there is. Yeah, bro. And uh, and when you said, do I want to be a good time traveler? Yeah. Fuck no. I want to yeah. be a selfish time traveler. I want to go back and make myself rich. Yeah. Nice. You know what I mean? Uh, get a selfie with Hitler. Yeah. Not everyone wants to kill Hitler. <laughs> nah. <laughs> We can't fuck up. We can't fuck up the universe, bro. We no. Gotta, we got to keep things the way they were, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know what I would do with time travel. Like, if you could time travel, bro. Yeah. What's the first thing you would do? Oh, shit. Right? Like, if you... How's this? If you could only time okay, travel yeah, I, once... I, I, I know. I want to see, see the dinosaurs. I, yeah, that's very good. Yeah. I want to see the dinosaurs. I would yeah. definitely want to see the dinosaurs, yeah. right? Yeah. Fuck Dude, yeah. Imagine seeing a fucking... You know, T Rex, uh-huh. you know, with those small hands, yeah, like fucking yeah. crushing, like just eating like a wild, fu- or like the ever the, the, those flying ones. What are they? Pterodactyls. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly those were like the size of a plane, dude. Yeah, I don't know why, but I always felt like if you were gonna time travel, you would be able to fly because yeah. I would hope you would be able to fly. Yeah, 
Because most of the fucking dinosaurs on the ground, bro, they'll fuck you up, man. I'm, yeah. I'm like worried. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's kind of like that's a, that's a risky oh, time travel. Right, right. That is risky. That's yeah. risky. Like what if what if you like popped into a moment where a T Rex was about to bite into a brontosaurus and you're right. donezo? Right. That's right. that's what you see of dinosaurs <laughs> the inside yeah. of a T Rex. Right. Fuck yeah. that. Right. No, I I mean, and there's so much shit that could kill you. You know what I mean? Like you going back to see, you know. Do you know how like dinosaurs might have had feathers? Mm-hmm. What? Did you know about that? No. Did you know about the whole like connection they made uh, with birds and dinosaurs? No. That birds are descendants of dinosaurs? No. Yeah, that dinosaurs were actually birds, not lizards. Okay. So the birds that we're seeing today yeah. are the, the dinosaurs are their ancestors. Oh, okay. So basically like the atmosphere on earth was different. There was like way more oxygen. So uh-huh. things were bigger. Okay. Trees were bigger. Yeah. Animals were bigger. And, uh, you know, there was this one discovery in the northwest of America where an ancient volcano erupted and it, it, it ended up encasing a bunch of dinosaurs in clay. Okay. So they died instantly and were molded in this clay. And when they excavated this clay, they pulled out and you can see a dinosaur that died in the clay and it had feathers. Oh, okay. And not only that, they actually took a chicken egg. Uh Uh-huh. And they manipulated the genes in yeah. one of the growing embryos. Yeah. An old ancient gene that was turned off. Okay. And when they turn it on under the microscope, the chicken starts growing with fangs and starts growing with like what? claws. Yeah. But the problem is they can't keep it alive long mm. enough. It gets to a point where oh. it ends up just, it just dies. It wow. Just, when they turn that gene it's on. wild. So now they're realizing that they weren't lizards after all. They, huh. were, they were birds. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that would be really cool. You go back, you find out there are these colorful giant Monster, because think about it, man. Have you ever seen a rooster fight? Yeah. Up close? No. Bro, they're fucking ruthless. Now imagine if the rooster was the size of a fucking building. We're all fucked. Yeah. I saw a rooster at a rooster fight in Bali, Indonesia, win the fight, right? And the other rooster gave up and was like already bleeding and done, and it wasn't enough. The rooster literally walked up to it, put its claw on the other rooster's neck, pushed its head on the ground, took its beak into the eye socket, pulled its eyeball out, and then went through the eye socket and pulled its brain out. Come on. I swear to God. I Dude, swear to God. You must have had good seats. Yeah, we were right in the front. Yeah. Right in the front. I got two of my boys from Detroit that came with me, two <laughs> Irish guys, bro. They can confirm it. It was, <laughs> bro, I, it was so ruthless. <laughs> now, imagine that thing the size of a building. We're fucked. Yeah. It's a ruthless animal. That is ruthless. Yeah. Birds Fuck. are ruthless. So are... Monkeys, dude, they rip their other genitals off. Yeah, fucking crazy. Dude. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Like just bam. Yeah, rip, rip it, it out. Yeah, Ugh. like that's that's common practice to, to think that's what we used to be. Yeah, bro. I know. And now we're all soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're all soft. <laughs> Let's go back to that. All right, here's another question for you. Uh, if you were to die tomorrow, what little thing would you regret not doing? What little thing? Yeah. What kind of fucking question is that, bro? Phrase it like that. What little thing would... So... Did you get this in Spain or some shit, bro? No. Okay. I got it online. Can I see that? <laughs> got, it was in if you were to die tomorrow, what little thing would you regret not doing? So what's one thing 
that I would regret not doing. But it's a little thing, so it's not a big deal. Not like, oh, dude, I should have went to college or I should have, you know, went out with that girl that meant so much to me or I should have asked her out. Little thing, I guess, maybe. Maybe. Maybe you should have changed your underwear <laughs> before you went out. I don't know. Is it weird? That's a hard one to think about, man. What little thing? I don't know if I've really regretted many little things, man. Right. You brush it off. You do brush yeah. it off. Right. But if I were to think what little thing I regret not doing, killing the president. <laughs> That's a, don't say that. Well, I can say that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Yeah. But I regret not doing it. Oh, no. But I mean, if Obama he, specifically, because he bombed my people. Oh, okay. You know, he bombed the shit out of fucking Yemen. He he can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, little thing. No, I don't really regret many little things, man. No, okay. Let me try to uh, pin pinpoint one. Okay. Um, so Yemen, that's where your family's from. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little thing that I do regret is not being able to successfully make a threesome happen. Between my two ex-girlfriends. <laughs> That's good. That's a little thing that I regret. Yeah. It would have been a good one, you know? Yeah. Have you ever, like... Okay. You, have, you know how we have sex with some people? Mm-hmm. And some people, like, the you know, some girls you fuck, it's like, man, that was amazing. And other girls, you're just like, this was okay. Right? And then you fuck another girl, and she's bisexual, and she's really amazing. It's just like, man, if I can get them two together... <laughs> yeah. That would be the, I would just, I could just, I would give up on life. I would just give up. I would stop taking showers. That's it. Yeah. I would just hit, I would hit the peak yeah. of everything that every guy wanted to But get. do you agree with the stereotype that if they're good in bed, that they're crazy as fuck? It's true. It's true. I can't help yeah. it, but so it's true. So imagine you grab this crazy bitch and then this crazy bitch. And like, That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's the best thing ever because it's only happening for one night. It's not like you're marrying them. Yeah, I guess. It's uh-huh. like if you marry them. That's yeah. the problem, bro. She could go sideways with crazy bitches. That's all I'm saying. Man. But it'll be what worth of, it, right? Yeah. What's, 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 what's <laughs> one little... What's one little... What did you say? I wasn't even... I was thinking of like... I, no, I was just saying that, you know, shit could get crazy with... Two crazy bitches. Yeah, but okay. then you can just end it. You don't. You don't live yeah. with them. You know right, what I mean? right. Like if it was like a girl you're dating. Yeah, that's a crazy girl, mm-hmm. and then you got her with another crazy girl, and then yeah, and now you got to right. Now you got to live with that you one. Live with that rope, you know. Right, right. But if they're just like, yeah. How about you? Uh, well, no comment since we're at my girlfriend's house. <laughs> uh, yeah. But little things, little things that you regret, <laughs> little things that you regret not doing. Uh. A little thing, not, uh, it'd be like, probably like taking more risks on stage, you know, there's Mm. a lot of, there's a lot of sets that I go over in my head and I was like, oh man, I should have just tried out that new joke or I should have, you know, I should have went there with this heckler or I should have, you know, I should have started a different way. You know, I'm always replaying sets in my head. Yeah. Those are little regrets mm-hmm. that I have. Yeah, little regrets because, you know, yeah, you could have did it, but yeah. you know, just move the fuck on. Are you good with like crowd that. work? Yeah. You are good with crowd yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. I want to get better at it. Okay. I'm, I, You're good at crowd work. I've seen you, you know. When it like, can. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I prefer to do material. Yeah. 
See, I when when I first started out, you know, I didn't I, I didn't have much material, so I I I did a lot of crowd work because I was good at improv, off the cuff yeah. kind of things, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then I got it, it. It sucked because like, you know, you stick to what you're good at. Yeah. And, and so I did that, but then you know, uh, you know, two years go by and I don't have a lot of material. Yeah. So that's the downfall of yeah. that. So I then then I started focusing on just material. So, I mean, something's going to suffer. It's very good that you brought this up, man, because I want to start taking more risks on stage. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I, I feel like, look, I don't give a fuck mm -hmm. when I'm on stage, uh -huh. but I do. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about what I'm saying or if someone gets offended with what I'm saying, but I do give a fuck about the audience having a good time. Uh -huh. To me, I don't want to waste their time. Right. You know, I really yeah. want to give them the best possible show. Yeah. Which is why I like giving them my tight material. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I think I need to let go of that. Yeah. Because I think that's how you grow, you know? You do. You do. That's how you know? exactly how you grow. Because because I think there's times where you gotta do that. Give them the tight show. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you gotta sacrifice it and be like, I gotta try to do some new yeah. shit. You know? Right. Yeah. It just sucks going through it. Yeah. You know? Because I feel like I cheated them. Yeah. For me. Yeah. You know? It's crazy, dude. Have you ever seen, you know, Chris Rock workout stuff? Or I've seen Chris or, Rock workout at the at the OR. Dave Chappelle workout some stuff. Oh, of course. Well, Dave Chappelle will, will will just take over the comedy store for four hours. Mm -hmm. It'll turn into a town hall. Right. He don't yeah. even try to make people right. laugh. Right. He yeah. just asks people questions about dentistry yeah. and shit. But at least he's more entertaining. Like when when Chris Rock doesn't try to make uh, somebody laugh it's really dry and really because you realize that how much of chris rock's act is that sauce he puts on to his the way he for his, sure his cadence and all that yes stuff. the way he yeah, delivers right. it, the energy oh, yeah, right all that yeah. it's all the sauce. and when he's working it he's just figuring things it's out like, yeah i exactly. saw him before he hosted the was he did the emmys or the oscars yeah yeah at the store and he came to the store yeah, the night yeah. before to okay. run some fucking yeah, material. Yeah, I saw him too. And uh, he had the notepad. And he had the notepad, and he was in the jacket yeah. and everything. Yeah, and he just yeah. showed up. Uh -huh. Yeah. And he was very like you know, not not laying the sauce on. Right. That's a very good way no of fucking with no sauce. Yeah. Just yeah. figuring it out. Yeah. Just and long pauses. Yes. <laughs> and just, I mean that's like to the point where people like us at an early stage would be like. What are you seriously yeah. just gonna not make people laugh mm -hmm. for five minutes, bro? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But. But they're but but they're working it out, mm -hmm. and they don't give a fuck because fuck. they have already proven themselves. Yeah. So they can afford to not give a fuck. But at the same time, I think us comedians need to go in and out of giving a fuck and not giving a fuck, just so that we can grow. Because that's where you grow, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the shit gets. That's where you like, you know, you'll you'll you'll, you'll have a ten minute set. You'll try everything new, and you'll try some. Uh, 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 crowd work that maybe something I don't like doing, and then out of that ten minutes, two minutes was fire. Yeah, or something came out of it that makes you now have another bit that you can try to like work on and stuff. And that's yeah, that's where it's at. You know, dude, totally, bro. I mean, if you get something that you could work on out of a set and something you're just trying out, man, there's there's nothing more valuable than that. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we're so scared and we're like, we're very reluctant to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But think about what you get out of it if you do take that risk. Right. Fuck. It I, pays off. I think that you also, I don't know how you feel about this, Eric, but I also feel like I'm still in that new stage, even though I'm, 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 I'm gaining experience and I'm, and I'm, and I'm feeling it and everything. I still feel that 
Like if I'm doing a new place, let's say a new club, or there's a booker that I really want to get on their radar, or whatever it is, I feel obligated to only give them the polished shit in those moments because one, nobody knows me. Two, I really can't afford to do new shit in front of a club that I'm trying to get their attention. Yeah. Do you know, how do you sure. feel about that though? Like I mean, those situations. Well, yeah, no, because there's money on the line. So I say that, uh, yeah, you got to do what's up. You got to yeah, do what's do up. It. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I agree too. Yeah. 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 But I could also see that when you do have money like Chris Rock and <laughs> you could afford to not give a fuck, even if they're paying you. Right. Yeah. But, but you know what? Here's the thing, bro. Is it the money or is it the art? So I think they can afford not to give a fuck within the art form. I don't think it's money. I think that they've proven themselves mm -hmm. in the art form yeah. to the point where they are now, they can afford to not give a fuck every once in a while. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like they don't need to. Right. Whereas like people on, on our level, there's moments where we have to strategically know, hey, this is a moment to give a fuck. Yeah. This is a moment where you got to come right. correct. Yeah. But then that's where you also fuck yourself, right? Because sometimes you have to come correct for a show, but you fucking so consumed with being correct with the show yeah. that you really didn't give 100% because 80, like 20% of your brain is, I don't want to fuck this up. Right. I don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. And then your energy's not there like yeah. it would be on a show that you don't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's the balance. Yeah. It's a motherfucker. That's why I take mushrooms, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think like microdosing mushrooms can get me into that flow state, you know? Why is that? Because like I was listening to like some podcasts like when they were talking about like experts talking about uh, 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 microdosing, just like how you said, you felt like people who had anxiety could benefit from it because if you microdose a little bit, it just melts it away, yeah. right? There's something about microdosing mushrooms where it makes you go into this gear that you never could have accessed before. And it's a gear that's like, hey man, everything's gonna be all right. It's same gear, we're still in gear five, but it's on another parallel universe. And it's a parallel universe that tells you, hey man, everything's cool. Something about it, it just mellows me out to the point where, especially when I'm on stage, I'm not tripping, but I'm in that gear to the point where I can just flow and not care, you know? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're thinking because that, that's exactly how I feel uh, about mushrooms. That's why I think they're so beneficial. They're so beneficial, man. Like, that's, you know, because we're so caught up in our everyday uh, life, bro. We got so many things on our mind, you know, and that restrict us from actually getting in that flow state, bro. Exactly. That's why they say meditation is, is really good for you because you do kind of melt away all the other Amen. stuff, right? And then Amen. you could really, you know. Amen. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like you're a member on Windows computer mm -hmm. defragging. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like you're defragging right. the hard drive. Right, right. When you meditate yeah. or especially when you take mushrooms, mm -hmm. it allows your brain to do some spring cleaning. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it literally goes, hey, this is some bullshit we need to stop right. thinking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. when you're tripping really hard, the way it makes you deal with it, yeah. this is when you trip really hard, it can mm -hmm. it can hurt people. Just be very careful. <laughs> if you take a lot, it can be very fucking scary, but it's yeah. also beneficial. Yeah. So it'll be like, you know, you trip so hard, your mushrooms will be like, hey, look at all these skeletons in your closet that you've been trying not to talk about. Yeah. Wow. 
remember you not talking to your dad for 13 years? Let's yeah. fucking investigate Ugh. that for a fucking eternity. And then now you're just like, oh, God, I feel like shit about this yeah. time. This is all stuff that I've been trying to hide or whatever. Yeah. But what Mushrooms does for me is that it makes you deal with that within that six hours. Yeah. And then after it's done, it's like we're done with that. Now. Right, right. It's like you went through five years of therapy. Yeah. In five hours. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's no, what I mean. That's like spring cleaning for the brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Empty out the cache files. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Delete history. Right. Yeah. Delete history. <laughs> but not completely. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's not there for you to fucking like right. mull over. Yeah. Completely. No, I agree. Like it's ego reducing. Uh-huh. Ego. Yeah. Totally. Like the way I look at the ego, the ego is somebody Who's like your friend that's protecting you too much. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Like you're dating a woman. She's a fucking piece of shit to you. Right. But your ego is like, yeah, man, but come on, bro. Think about it. How often do you get a girl this hot? Yeah. Do you really want to let that go? Let's play it safe, man. Yeah. It's not often you get a girl that's big. Look at how round her booty Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Look how this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. Look at all these superficial things. And that's what the ego will do. The ego will be like, no, man, you don't want to shake that boat, man. Things are going good. Look how people look at you when you go to parties with her. Mm -hmm. They're like, wow, you can pull a girl like that. Look at all these accolades that people. But then when you take mushrooms, that guy leaves the room. (laughs) And now you're just like, she is a bitch and yeah. now you're starting to like really think about the mm-hmm. what, how she's treating you and yeah. like you start yeah. replaying moments that you yeah. that you let your ego like not let you look at the certain yeah. thing you start replaying those moments and you're like that bitch wasn't she doesn't have my best interest yeah. who the fuck am i doing what am, and yeah. that's the scary thing about sure. mushrooms but we need that bro yeah no, no. We need that shit. What? We need the what? We need the, the protector? No, we need the ego. Oh, we need to be we need to shed the ego. We need somebody to tell our ego, get out of the room for six hours. Right, right. So right. we can and really look at the shit that we haven't really been looking and that's at. That's what mushroom does. That's what it does for yeah, me, bro. Right. No, I, I I totally agree. And I going back to the stand up, I think that's what how how it, it it would be beneficial to get rid of your ego because your ego is protecting you on stage For it's sure. saying hey bro you're gonna work out that Just new bet right here yeah. right here in front of that girl right. dude you're gonna fall on your front of your face and exactly. your ego's like dude you know fucking nailed it right. that's exactly it that, i know and it's so yeah. funny it's like it's a balancing act with the ego you still need your ego mm-hmm. right but you need to know how to like dial it in right yeah sometimes the ego is not there enough Right. Sometimes the ego is there too much. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I think you need that ego when you're when you're when you're making that deal with the booker and saying, No, I'm not gonna take this. I'm yeah. with this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, give me this amount. Right. Okay, that's where the ego, you know, is right. like I let right. all right. I'm not gonna look like a piece of shit. I'm actually right. gonna fucking look good. You right. know what I'm saying? I'm gonna dress nice. I'm gonna mm-hmm. like what are the those are really good things that, that your ego can come in, especially like when you're uh writing. You'd be like, No, this can be better. Yeah. This can right. be tighter. Yeah, yeah. This can be whatever. But then you're right, the ego can get in the way of your flow. Mm-hmm. So like if you're on stage and you're like maybe now's not the time to do that new joke because the booker's here right maybe if you would have got rid of that mindset you would have fucking went into that bit naturally and it would have been the most beautiful thing that's anyone's ever fucking seen yeah but it's a fucking it's a battle with the ego man there's been times where i would tell my ego to shut the fuck up and then do the joke that i'm afraid to do and then it bombs yeah and then when i inspect why it bombed it bombed because 
damn it, I was scared. Mm-hmm. Sure. I was yeah. scared. Right. I was just scared. That's all it was. That's the reason. It wasn't the audience. I wasn't delivering that energy the way it's supposed sure. to be delivered. Yeah. Because inside I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. Right. But you but delivered you it half ass. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're in the back of your head with it. No, no, totally. Yeah. Totally. I yeah. love talking comedy. This is what I love about this, bro. Being able to like talk comedy again, man. Yeah. One yeah. of the things I miss about like hanging out at the comedy store, yeah, or just hanging out at any type of comedy venue, just even in between sets, just fucking getting there, talking to other comics, saying what you want to say, and then breaking down comedy. Yeah, yeah, same here, dude. Uh, yeah, I miss it, and uh, it, you know, fuck. Uh, did you have any mentors? Is uh, is when you're coming up or like no, I don't actually have any like real mentors yet. You know, it'd be nice to get one. Yeah. You know, you? Uh, yeah, I did. You know, I, f- I was a feature act for this headliner and he kind of took me under his wing and he taught me a lot of shit. That's awesome. Yeah, bro. it was awesome. Yeah. Mm. I'm hoping to get to that level, man. I mean, I'm still new, mm-hmm. you know, and then it really pisses me off because a lot of like what comedy is about, it's about the hang, getting your, you know, being becoming friends with a lot of comics because then when you start learning when you start meeting other comics you realize how small the comedy world is bro Mm -hmm. like even just i'm in four years okay but when i even hit my year and a half mark and i started going on the road to start doing shows yeah it was crazy how you could be in boston Uh and i'm at some podunk bar yeah in boston yeah and i'm sitting there drinking and some guy's like, hey, what do you do for a living? We're just talking to some guy at a bar. And you know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I do, I do stand-up comedy. Hey, do you know Hadron? Yeah, I know Hadron. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I went to high school. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know? yeah that's cool. And, or even when you go to other clubs, like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll see a headliner. Yeah. A headliner knows some guy that's an open mic right. guy. And it's just, right. I'll be at the dentist, you know? And the dentist <laughs> will be just talking small talk. And like, what do you know? And then, you know, and then, yeah, I know somebody she knows. It's funny, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's a real small world, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it goes to show how scared people are of doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Not many people want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we doing they more shouldn't. cards? What? No, no. I I mean, I kind of want to... Um, I'll go back to the cards, but I want to talk to you uh, about the... Because um, I didn't know you were a producer on Swamp uh, People. Oh, yeah, Which bro. was a hit show. Yeah, it was a hit show, man. I was very lucky to work and on it. It's wild, dude. Yeah, because uh, it was shot yeah. in where Same Louisiana. Way. Yeah, Louisiana. The uh, the year that I took over, they also branched out to two characters in Texas. Okay, T Roy uh-huh. and another guy. I forgot what was his name. T Roy and then his other partner. Uh-huh. But yeah, mostly Louisiana. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. Like, because <laughs> that Cajun talk is like hardcore, right? Were you able to like? We had to subtitle them. Oh yeah. Right. Every episode, you ever yeah. know, we had to subtitle yeah. everything they said. Yeah, yeah. It was at. The, I remember the first season. It was really hard at first. I was like, man, I don't understand what any of these motherfuckers yeah. are saying. But then after like three months of like going through footage, and, and all of a sudden you start adopting, uh, you start understanding okay. what they're saying and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But they talk like this. Yeah. We gotta get them gators. <laughs> oh, I don't need a regular. Yo, Carol, Carol. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? So were you out there on the boats, or were you like, no, man. You were behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was okay. post-production. Oh, okay. But then uh, sometimes I would go out to the field and do the actual like production in the swamp. But I had the cush job. I was more like uh, we would produce episodes. So it's kind of like 
we would sort of direct where the episodes are going yeah as opposed to being on the boat with the camera uh-huh. so the guys on the boats with the cameras also have some type of producing knowledge mm-hmm. right yeah this is what was cool when we were out in the swamps i was in new orleans in an air-conditioned office <laughs> okay nice. and then we'd have these runners yeah and these runners were people that we hired that their sole job was to go from new orleans and drive to whatever podunk swamp one of the fucking characters were and pick up the camera, the, the tapes from the, the guy who's out on the swamps and then drive it back to me. Okay. So then every three days I would get a stack of tapes. Okay. And I was maybe in charge of like three teams, three boats. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I would and I, and, and, and I would just wash down all their footage and I would usually get them about two days to three days after they've been shot. Yeah. Now, mind you, they're out there shooting for 30 days. Wow. Because it's a, it's a 30-day season. Yeah. So I got to wash down all the tapes. And as I'm watching down all the tapes as a producer, what I'm doing is, is I'm trying to mark moments that actually have some type of story. Uh Okay. So let's just say you're one of the characters on the boat. And let's just say that uh, you kind of got scratched up a bit and you hurt your arm a bit um, while fighting a gator or whatever. Yeah. I will call the camera guy. And be like, hey man, do you remember when Eric like got hit with the thing on Tuesday? And he'd be like, yeah. Well, I saw another footage shot that you probably didn't pay attention, but on mic, his brother was talking to him and saying how he's really hurt. That elbow doesn't feel so good. I need you to play up, play that up as you're mm. on the swamp. We want to build a story around okay. how hard it is for Chase uh-huh. to fight alligators. Because later on, he's going to end up be fighting alone, and we want to connect the dots. Yeah. So then now, once I relay that to the camera guy, the camera guy is going to go to you out in the swamp. He's like, hey, man, remember when you hit your thing? Whatever. Yeah. yeah next time we're out here or whatever, something like that happens, play it up. Okay. So that's how we kind of fake it a bit. Okay. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And then not only that, the guys on the swamp kind of understand how reality show works. They've yeah. been on it for so long. They start feeding us stories. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. You know, and it's just, yeah. so it's a mixture of like some things are real. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of mixture of how we mix things in the editing, how we fake it in interview. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Right so on. it's pretty so interesting. That brought you to L.A.? Yeah, that's what got me to L.A. Because I, I created a web series first, long story short, and then I put a, a guy in my hometown as the bad guy in this web series. The web series that I created is called The Ed and Mo Show, edandmoshow.com, and it basically is a fake reality show. Okay. But the audience that watched my show thought that these guys were real. Okay. And they thought the whole thing was real. It looked like a, if you watch it, it looks like a, a, a big TV crew uh-huh. created it. You know okay. what I'm saying? But I did it basically by myself with the help of like, you know, two other, three other people. And uh, it looked just like a TV show. And uh, I got one of the guys, Tarek Salamasi, to be the bad guy in the story. And he's a boxer. And he was on the reality show, The Contender. Yeah. That came out with Sylvester Stallone in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Right? One of the producers of that. uh, So when I released it on the web, that boxer thought, man, this is fucking amazing. So he sent it to the guy who produced The Contender. Okay. And it's like, dude, you got to watch this shit. This is like amazing. Um. And then that guy was like, yeah, this guy's pretty talented. 
Yeah, so then uh, he ended up showing the video to the producer of The Contender. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the guy was kind of impressed, but he didn't do anything about it. And then one day, I came to L.A. Yeah. Because uh, I had a friend out here. I have a lot of friends out here, as a matter of fact, from, from Detroit. And uh, he was trying to get me to move out here. And he was like, hey, man, why don't you come stay with me for a couple of weeks? See if you like L.A., man. I think this place will work for you. You're a filmmaker. You fucking love whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. So I came here. With the idea that, man, I'm going to fucking find a job. I really believe I'm, I'm going to fucking find a job. Two weeks goes by. I couldn't find a goddamn thing. I felt <laughs> defeated. And then I remember I posted a, a, a thing on, on, on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, man, been out here in L.A. for two weeks. Going to be heading back in Detroit. Who wants to hang out for the weekend? I put some type of shit like that. That boxer Tarek saw that. And he's like, what the fuck? You're in L.A.? You should have told me. And I'm like, why? He's like, dude, I'm going to set you up an appointment with Adam, the guy who produced The Contender. And then I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I'll get back to you. Then he comes back to me. He goes, gives me a phone number. This is the number to his assistant. He said, he'll meet you tomorrow. Set up the time with his assistant. What the fuck? So I sent the message to the assistant. We set up a time for the next day. I couldn't fucking believe it, bro. So I went over there. I met him. His name is Adam Bryles. Me and him are like good friends now. Yeah. Oh, and cool. we went to go sit down. And uh, basically my buddy Tarek, who's this like, you know, Lebanese boxer. Uh -huh. He's very old school Arab. So I'm sure he called Adam. He's like, hey, you go, you, I don't care what you're doing, bro. You got to fucking hang out with my buddy Mike, bro. He's yeah. in town. You got to meet him. He's real talented. Yeah. He did that video. I showed you whatever. So we went on, We sat down. For a half hour, me and Adam are talking about pussy. That's it. That's all of the whole fucking thing. about <laughs> dating and women and this and that yeah, and yeah. how much I love California and this, <laughs> that, and the other thing. We just became boys instantly. Yeah. He's like a cool dude. Nice. Then after it got done, he looked at his watch. He was like, hey, man, it's, uh, he was like, it's, uh, my lunch is up, man. He's like, I got to get back to work. He's like, it was nice meeting you. He was like, if you're back in L.A., he's like, man, you make sure you hit me up. I was like, okay. And I felt like, fuck, bro. And he shook my hand. Arab, you're going to be so, I'm so proud of myself. He shook my hand. And when he shook my hand, I wouldn't let it go. <laughs> I like held, held it tight. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I brought him closer and I was like, give me a job. I looked him straight in the eye. I'm like, give me a job. And he started laughing. I'm like, dude, I'm supposed to fly out tomorrow. I don't want to. Give me a job. And he goes, you're overqualified to be a PA, man. He goes, you got good skills. He goes, all I have are like production assistants. I'm like, I'll fucking take it. I'll cancel my flight. Give me that job. You were going to go it. back to Detroit? Huh? You were going back to Detroit? I only came for two weeks. Oh, I was. I that's what I told. That, no, no, that's why I said. Or, no, no, no. I'm talking about. This is when I first came to LA. This oh. is how I got the job at Swamp People. Oh, okay. This was eight years ago. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So, like eight years ago, I came to visit. Uh huh. And then as I came to visit, my buddy, the boxer that I did the the the, the web series yeah. with, he ended up like finding out that I said that I'm coming back to Detroit. I I, I only went to LA for two weeks. Uh huh. Remember, I told you I came at yeah. two weeks. To but you're looking find for a job. job. Yeah. I and, wanted to stay here. Right. You know what I mean. Yeah. Couldn't find anything. And then just the day before I was about to fucking leave, my buddy had that, gave me that meeting with Adam. Okay. And when we got done with the meeting, I told you I wouldn't let his hand go. Mm. I was like, give me a job, bro. Yeah. I'm like, I'm supposed to fly out tomorrow. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. And he gave me a production assistant job on this fucking show called Tattoo Rescue. Mm -hmm. I was basically a fucking gopher on set. Yeah. Busted my fucking ass. Yeah. Then after we were done, after like two months of work, he walked up to me and he goes, hey man, he goes, I really appreciate your hustle, dude. And he goes... I promise you, he goes, my next thing that I'm working on, I'm going to think about you to produce episodes. He goes, you're too, you're too, you were way too qualified to be a PA. He goes, I'll think about you for the next production. You know, people say that shit and you never hear from them. Right. All of a sudden, bro, like six months goes by. I end up getting a job in New York producing this show for YouTube. 
came back, back to my mom's house, just chilling. Uh, and I just got done doing a job. And how often does somebody like in Hollywood say, hey, I'm going to think about you and I'll make sure I call time. you or whatever. It's Hollywood. Talk. And then and then you don't hear that shit, right? All day. Fucking six months goes by, man. I just got done with this show in New York. Uh, I produced a YouTube show for Lion TV. And uh, that's back when like YouTube was like giving money out to try to figure out if they can make TV shows. This is oh. before they actually started making TV shows. So they hired me to do like this reality cooking show with these uh, two guys, the Fung brothers, uh, Andrew Fung and uh, and his brother. And uh, uh, long story short, I came back from that, man. And I haven't been back in Detroit for one week. I get a phone call. I pick up the phone. Hey, man, it's Adam. I'm like, hey, Adam, what's going on? He's like, oh, you know, not much, man. He goes, uh, I'm the new producer of Swamp People. Oh. He goes, we just got out of the field shooting in the swamp. He goes, uh, I want you in the post-production crew. He goes, are you ready to move to L.A.? That's awesome. And I was like, what, dude? And fuck yeah, bro. Right away, put everything in fucking storage. Boom. Yeah. Went over there and uh, worked on that show for three years, and that's what got me out here, man. That's awesome. So from there, you came here? Yeah, came here, man. Worked on that show for about three and a half years, and then uh, I ended up doing... An intense mushroom trip in Bali, Indonesia. And out of that mushroom trip, my ego got out of the way, bro. That trip hit me so fucking hard in Indonesia. I came out of that trip knowing that I was going to quit reality TV. I was going to reinvest harder in real estate. Yeah. I was going to free myself from having to have a job. And that I was going to pursue comedy. Mm. Because I realized, like, in the end, uh, you know, that trip made me realize. I was like... What the fuck are you doing reality TV for? You're fucking good at making people laugh. Yeah. And it was really weird. It was like my, my the trip told me the, the real reason why you like producing Swamp People is because you love the clout of telling people that you produce this hit TV show. Mm. My ego loved that. Mm. I love going around telling people I'm a producer. Mm. What do you produce? Swamp People. I remember I told people in, in the airport, people would take a picture with me. Yeah. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm just some yeah. dude that like, Oh, I want to tell I want to tell my friends, man. It's yeah. one of the guys that makes swamp people. Yeah, yeah. But that right. trip in Indonesia, that mushroom trip, got my ego out of the way, and it made me realize, yo, man, you are fucking wasting a talent that you should be doing. You should be fucking making people laugh. And uh, I did everything. As soon as I got out of that trip, I did everything. I quit reality. I fucking uh, uh, reinvested in my real estate in a very smart way. Yeah. And I was like, and then I started pursuing comedy, man. And um, Jesus, that was better than a Tony Robbins seminar, bro. Uh, yeah, dude. Hey, go to Indonesia, do mushrooms, <laughs> and that's all you need. Fuck Tony Robbins. <laughs> you know, just get your ego out of the way. You figured that all out yourself. You didn't need a motivational speaker to say, "Hey, you know what, Mike? You should do this. Hey, Mike, you should go do stand up. You should go do." Dude, you know? do you like mushroom stories? I do. I can like, I can I give you this one? Sure. Just real quick, yeah, bro. I think you already gave me two. <laughs> no, but this, <laughs> this one here, when I went to Indonesia, man, yeah. this is the one that made me, this is the hardest trip I ever had, and it changed the entire trajectory of my fucking life, bro. I love hearing that shit. Tell me. 2014, mm -hmm. Friday the 13th, full moon. Okay. How often do those days converge? No. Friday the 13th, yeah. fucking full moon. That's nuts. And I... Uh, in Indonesia, and especially in Southeast Asia, if you're ever in Southeast Asia, full moon beach parties are a big thing. Really? When the full moon comes out, they throw big-ass parties on the beach with fire dancers and DJs and oh, drinking yeah. and psychedelics like a motherfucker. Yeah. I took so much fucking mushrooms that day. 
I fasted the whole day on purpose so that when I ate all the mushrooms, it would hit me super fucking hard. Wow. And in Indonesia, when you hire fucking a guy from mushrooms, I just picked up my phone and I, and, and I speak Indonesian because okay. my mom was born there. And I call some fucking kid, right? And we're sitting in this fucking beach restaurant. That's It's a restaurant, but it's on the fucking beach. Yeah, right? nice. The restaurant is basically got wood tables and everything, but the sand underneath you. Fuck. Families eating everywhere. It's on an island called Gilly Tea. There are no cops on this island. There are no motor vehicles on the island. The island is so small, everything has to be drawn by horse carriage. Wow. Okay? I pull out my phone. I call some Indonesian kid. I place an order for a shitload of fucking mushrooms. The kid comes on a fucking bike, throws the bike onto the sidewalk, runs up to our fucking table, and all these mushrooms are on our table. Jesus. In front of families. Wow. They don't give a fuck out there. No. The mushrooms come... In a cone. The cone is made out of a banana leaf. It's so old school Indonesia. They take a banana leaf and then they they wrap it into a cone and they put a toothpick through it and then that's where they put the mushrooms in. And the mushrooms have dirt on it because they just picked it. Wow. So it's not even dry. Jesus. Yeah. So then you get up and I just, I had like 10 of these cones. It was just stuffed with mushrooms. Yeah. And my friend split five. I ate all five. Wow. On an empty stomach. Jesus. Then my plan was an hour after we ate, now we can eat a light meal yeah. so it won't soak up the fucking drugs, yeah, right? right. We all ordered the same salad. The salads came out. That's when the trip hit. <laughs> Bro, I looked in my bowl. I swear to God, every morsel of food in there had a cartoon face and they were doing this to me. No, don't eat us. That's how hard I was tripping, bro. I fucking slammed that salad. Then we went out to the beach, bro. And you know how when you do mushrooms, man, the trip comes in waves, right? Yeah. Like right. a roller coaster, yeah, yeah. Right, right? Right, right? So then you hit a, ooh. Right, right. It's oh, like, whoa, you're right. seeing shit. Right, and then right. it dies down, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you hit another peak, but that peak is higher than the last peak, right? And then you keep doing that until yeah. you hit the very big peak. Yeah. And then after that, every subsequent peak after that is a little less and less and less and less, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's usually the right. roller coaster yep. of mushrooms. Yep. Peak down. Bigger peak right. down. Big peak down, then right, the right. super big peak, right. and then all these other peaks on the way down. Right? right, right. When I hit that fucking major peak, bro, everything started vibrating. And I remember I was talking to my friend Sean McGettigan, and you know how when you trip so hard on mushrooms, sometimes you can't have a conversation with someone? Yeah. It's just impossible. Yeah. And that fucking wave hit me, and I told him, I was like, dude, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I laid down on the ground, yeah. and I looked up at the sky and the full moon, and I saw all the stars. And they started connecting the dots. And it made this woman's face, like this beautiful feminine face in the sky. And it was just glowing. And so I, it was nighttime. It was nighttime, yeah. It was full moon beach party. Mm-hmm. You know what but I'm you saying? you started during the day, right? Just before was, the sunset. Okay. Just for the sunset. That's perfect. When I hit. That's the perfect Just time. for the sunset. So I'm yeah. like, now I'm probably like three and a half hours in and it's just, mm-hmm. I'm in another world. Yeah. So I see this woman's face in the sky. Dude, you're going to love this. I started going closer to it. And as I got closer to it, I was like, look how mesmerized by how beautiful she was. Then I realized in the middle of my trip, I go, wait a minute. Am I flying? And I literally looked down and I could see an aerial view of the beach. That's how hard I was fucking tripping. And in the middle of my trip, I remember I said, fuck yeah. And I had complete control. And all I did was get closer to her. Long story short, bro. When I came back from that trip, that bitch told me something. 
She didn't say anything specifically with her words, but when I came back, that's when I realized I'm quitting reality yeah, TV. Yeah. I'm reinvesting in real estate yeah. and I'm going into fucking comedy. That's wild. This is what trips me out. Two years goes by after that trip, after I met her. I called her the Mosquito Queen. It's the only way I could describe her. She had this face, she had these wings jutting out of her. I called her the Mosquito Queen. Two years goes by, Eric. I start going on Reddit, I start looking up ayahuasca trips. And somebody put on Reddit, I just had my first ayahuasca trip, ask me anything. And the first question was, did you see her? Bro, like every hair on me just started raising up. I couldn't believe somebody asked the question, did you see her? And then the next person said, yeah, did you see mother ayahuasca? So I went on Google and I did an image search for mother ayahuasca. Every fucking picture is some woman face in the stars so why is everybody seeing this bitch but you call her mosquito queen well i mean that's the only way i could describe her you know i even bro let me show you this man i have to show you this real quick i have this is this is why this shit fucking trips me the fuck out man when it comes to tripping yeah. like this is the part of the trip that i've that i had that made me really realize that what you know maybe there's something maybe there's something out there you know now, I told you, I saw this woman's face in the sky, yeah. right? And I did an image search. And every image search is some woman's face mm. in the sky. Look at that. Yeah, that's wild. Is that how it looked? That's the, it looked more like this one right here. Okay. See how she had like wings coming out yeah. of her? Like oh, okay, yeah. Uh -huh. Her head a little bit. Yeah. But she's in the stars. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then here's another one. Oh, another woman's face. It's wild. And you communicated with her, but not with words. No, she didn't say like, shit to right, me. Right. It's just when but I came got, back, uh -huh. I realized my ego was driving. Mm. My yeah. ego was driving the whole time. Yeah. And it, I just felt good by telling people I was a producer, especially if you're in Hollywood. If you walk around in Hollywood and you meet some girl. Yeah, dude. Yeah. How yeah, how yeah. great is it for you to yeah. be like I'm a producer? It's, no, I produce like TV. The get out of jail card. It's yeah. Like, boom, yeah, it's like you walk around with this flex. Right. Like wow, you produce. Wow, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's in this town. Are you kidding me? And that mushroom trip made me give that up mm -hmm. to be a loser comedian. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe you don't do mushrooms. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. How crazy is that? I saw her. That's wild. And then two years later, I find out everyone's seeing her. Yeah. 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 It's wild. It's fucking amazing, bro. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, so you know, I've, I've Ro Rogan. Rogan had somebody on there who was an expert on mushrooms, and they said they did studies, and they found out that people who were, because you know, so many people are like, they say you got to do mushrooms because it'll get rid of your ego. Yeah. But they're finding out like if you give it to a narcissist, somebody who's an actual narcissist, it does the opposite. It inflates their ego. Mm. So, so how many people have you heard saying, "Hey, man, we should like get." Trump to trip on mushrooms, maybe he'll be a more an enlightened person. Right. Well, these studies are saying, no, it's going to do the opposite. Oh, okay. I've never heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard that. Um, they say that about weed, though, too, right? Like, it it, it chills you out. It, it, you know what I mean? If you take enough, you'll be paranoid. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, but what, what are you saying? I'm saying that it gets rid of, like, ego, and it makes you, like, more... Uh, more chill. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, if you're a narcissist, I think of somebody that's just like all in your face telling you how great he, he that person is. And, yeah. You know what I mean? But like when you smoke weed, you don't normally encounter people like that. Like, oh, you know what I do? And, you know, usually uh, people who are narcissists don't want to smoke weed. 
Right. Because I think that, that makes them realize they're Well, fucking, I don't think they want to do mushrooms either. Well, because then it'll make them realize. Like, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. I just, uh, uh, drugs makes me a nicer person. It just yeah. makes me a better person. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. I think alcohol is the one that you got to worry about. Absolutely. A hundred percent. This is the real yeah. fire. Bro. It really is. We've been here for two hours. Look, I'm still not finished with this. That's <laughs> how much I respect this fucking thing. And you should. You yeah. should. This, this, I mean, you're, you're talking about doing a mass amount of uh, mushrooms or acid or DMT, right? And it takes you to this place where you discover, you know, what your true being should be and like going out there doing positive shit, you know, this and that. And what a wonderful thing, man, you know, to change your life and to get rid of ego. You do this. This is this is like throwing gasoline on, on fire. The, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly, like, like, bro. Yeah, right. You know Duncan Trussell? Yeah. The comedian right. Duncan Trussell? Yeah, dude. I love right. his podcast because I haven't listened to his podcast in a while, but he's mm-hmm. very like spiritual. Yeah. And he was talking about, and he's making so much sense, how the ancient humans were less egotistical because they had they lived in cultures where psychedelics were mm. part of their thing and right. then he goes and then he goes then it wasn't a transition until later where people started like uh. using alcohol and now we have this egotistical nature whereas yeah. like civilization is revolved around selfies and pictures and instagram and that makes perfect sense bro that makes perfect sense because uh yeah i mean like the natives right they're like this isn't our land. It's our land. Yay. It's everybody's land. Right. right. And the Europeans came and said, no. Yeah. Put down their flag. It's our land. You, know, you ever heard yeah. of how much they bought like one of the states for from the Indians? Like oh, they yeah. paid like Manhattan. maybe like $500 yeah, yeah. or some shit sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. And like the white guys were like, these idiots sold right. this, this for $500. Yeah. Where yeah. like the Native Americans were like, these idiots right. think that you can buy land. <laughs> 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 that's great yeah uh, lo and behold yeah the white people figured out how to make that a reality yeah you know yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah that's the that's, are you white oh dude am i white i'm mexican dude okay good you know that I what was... the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know you're mexican because <laughs> you can pass for like a white guy or like italian yeah in certain circles uh but no dude uh I just got back from Tulum, dude, and it's it's it, that's Mayan country, bro. So I was we went on some tours, uh, my girlfriend and I of uh, the tombs, man, not the tombs, but the um, the ruins, bro. And that shit's crazy, bro. The Mayans were uh, they looked up to the stars, bro, and a lot of the you know uh, what their life or culture uh, revolved around was was because plotting the, out the stars. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they knew, they knew so much. Yeah, which is funny because like Graham Hancock is somebody who uh, has said that he's found uh, water erosion around the pyramids and the Sphinx, which means that it predates Egypt, ancient Egypt civilization, even further back. Damn. So even like maybe not, they were thinking like it was 2,000 or 3,000 years ago. They're thinking now it's 20,000 wow. years ago. So now with all these new discoveries, they're theorizing that humans were very, very advanced way back then. Yeah. And some cataclysmic event like a giant volcano erupted in the and 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 wiped out majority of all that learning and we had to start all over again. Yeah. So this new civilization of starting all over like the Mayans were actually 
still borrowing remnants of ancient knowledge oh. from the previous yeah. technological advanced humans. Wow. Because imagine everything that we have right now. Yeah. Imagine of a big comet and just wiped everything clean. Yeah. And then only like 10,000 humans lived. Now those 10,000 humans have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. Those 10,000 humans will probably still have some knowledge that they can still pass down. And when you pass it down with just word, it gets right. It turns into religion. now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which right. is, which is why, like sometimes if you like look at religion, it's like some of it is wacky, but then some of it makes sense. Yeah. Like in the Quran, it actually describes how weather patterns work. Really? In a rhyme. Did you know the whole Quran rhymes? No. From front to back, it's one long cipher. What? The whole, the Quran rhymes. It's one, it's the whole thing. It's wow. teaching you life and it's rhyming. Hmm. The whole thing. Um, and yeah, like there's scientific stuff in there. You know what I mean? Of course, not to the point of now, but it's to a point where if you understand weather patterns and you read this one verse, it makes you go, what the fuck did they know about weather patterns? Yeah. You know? It's wild. And uh, it's crazy is, you know, the, the Mayan uh, uh, territory, I mean, not territory because they didn't own shit, right? But it went from Guatemala to, uh, you know, like Cancun, Mexico, and they had roads, bro, that take yeah. you from from temple to temple. It's you know that there's wild. also a part down there that's like a part of a mountain range that's been leveled. And it's been like that for so long and they don't know how they leveled that part of the mountain range. Uh-huh. And a lot of people speculate that's probably, they probably had some type of air travel then. And that was like yeah, some right. type of landing strip that yeah. they figured out how to yeah. make. Right. Who the fuck knows? Wow. Well, that, that stuff in Peru, that's what really makes me think that they, 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 they were flying some shit because you could only see it from the air. You know, the, the writings, uh, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of shit. Cause like when you're on ground level, you're just like, that's a lie. How about these aliens that they're now starting to fucking declassify? How about the Navy finally saying, yeah, the footage that we, that that's yeah. been released by the Blink-182 guy, that's actually real, and it's un- unidentified flying yeah, object? Yeah, the Pentagon said, yeah, that's real. And, uh, and not only that, now uh, with the last COVID bill, they snuck in a thing that says that the government has six months to disclose, disclose all UFO information. What? No, I didn't know Oh, that. you didn't know that? No. And did you know that right now you can go and download all those files? Oh, okay. Hey, bro. God is here. Yeah. And he's a big green alien. (laughs) (laughs) On mushrooms. Nice. Yeah. That's the whole, uh, the moral to this uh, podcast. (laughs) No, that's, I mean, I I had a a really heavy trip, like the one you described in Indonesia. And I I felt like I I lifted off my body and I flew. I flew, and uh, I don't remember if I feel like it. If I, if I, it was an out of body experience. Uh, I think, I think that was it. Like I felt like I left my body and I and I traveled, um, and I de- I think that's how time travel is really done. I think it's not in the mind. machine. Yeah. Yes, it's I not, think so too, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not you go into this toaster oven, right? yeah. and then it'll take you back to uh, fifty six. I, I, I like, think so too, go? bro. Pew. I yeah. think so too. Yeah, I, I also right. think that that's how we access parallel universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm reading a book right now. Very hard book to read. It's a science book. It's called The Hidden Reality by Brian Greene. Mm. 
who's a quantum mathematician. Okay. This thing is so, like, so technical. Yeah. But basically, in the book, he's trying to describe how science and math is now discovering that there are parallel universes that we all reside in. Yeah. And the math is showing that. The math is showing that there's an infinite number of slivers of this universe all next to each other like in a loaf, and you reside in every single Ooh. one. Wow, that's, that's deep. And I'm actually writing a movie based mm. on that. There's, a, there's, a, there's an idea called quantum immortality, which means that your consciousness, they theorize, since it's energy, cannot be destroyed. And if there are multiple parallel universes... If you die in this one, you experience another one. Mm. So the idea is, is that you will never experience your own death. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, of course it's very theoretical, but I think it's very fun to like play I do. with. I, yeah, and, yeah, for sure. I like that concept. You know what I mean? I, I, I haven't thought about that, you know, but I do. I, I like it. Quantum it, it immortality, makes, bro. Yeah, yeah. That whole theory trips me the fuck out. Well, that that makes sense, you know, because like also I that, I I sometimes think I'm I'm reliving the same life. You might be. I know. And the math is starting to show that. That's what's tripping me the fuck out, bro. Yeah. It's like religion and science are starting to merge. How so? I mean, bro, like so many things that like Science tries to brush off on religion. Now science are starting to find new discoveries that almost validate religion. Mm -hmm. Like this new uh, idea in string theory where they are starting to speculate that we might be in some very intricate simulation. Have you heard of simulation theory? Yeah. That we might be in a simulation. Mm -hmm. What's crazy is the string theorists stumbled upon a computer code written in the fabric of the universe. Mm, yeah, I heard about that. And it's not just any computer code. It's a specific computer code that was developed by a computer scientist in the 1940s. Mm. So why is this computer code that was developed by the first one of the first computer scientists, a computer code that runs all our computers right now, why are they finding that computer code written in the fabric of the fucking universe? So now with this really weird discovery they're thinking that we might be living in a simulation okay. right yeah. now for so long christians muslims and all of them they speculate that the universe is only 12,000 years old right yeah and science always makes fun of that even yeah. bill hicks the old comedian yeah he had a bit about that he's all like right. oh christians think that the universe is only 12,000 years old well yeah. i got one word for you dinosaurs right explain dinosaurs right so Christians, Muslims, Jews think the universe is 12,000 years old. Science makes fun of that and says, no, it's actually 50 billion right. years old. Right, right. Now, my question is, what if the simulation is 12,000 years old, simulated to be 50 billion years old? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the... <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> 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 
So what if the simulation is 12,000 years old? Maybe the Christians were right all along. Yeah. The Bible's saying the fucking universe is only 12,000 years old. Yeah. We're going, no, it's 50 billion years old. Now we're finding out it's a simulation. What if the simulation is 12,000 years old? Simulated to be 50 billion years old. (laughs) Yeah. Game over, son. I don't even know what the fuck to think anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Dude, for two comedians, we've been philosophizing this whole fucking time, dude. <laughs> Jesus, not one dick joke in this hey, whole bro, episode. I'm sorry, bro. The mushrooms kicked in. I got to go, though, nuts. bro. Yeah, for sure. I got to be at this thing. Right on, brother. No. Um, thank you for coming by, bro. Thank you, and, brother. Uh, if, this uh, is fun. Dude, like, next time you come back, man, we'll we'll, we'll, stay, we'll stick to stand-up. But I, I like going deep, though, too. Is I'm, that usually you like to try to stick to stand-up? I don't know, man. I, I fucking trail off I'm well sorry. i mean it, it's i mean it's no no i i want it to be about whatever the guest is and i just want it to flow nothing scripted you know i like throwing out these random questions that i get from this i like that too man. Too. i like that that's you know? a very good yeah. a very good conversation starter right thank there. you thank you uh i just feel like you know like for someone maybe that that's you know that that's a fan of uh, uh, of the podcast or whatnot. It might be hard to like get on board with some of the, you know, different. I guess because every episode is different because there's no structure. You so know, you're not necessarily kinda, trying to keep it towards stand up, is it? No, but like a lot of the people that I've had on is stand up. Yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah. I I think this shows that. You know, stand-ups are fucking deep people, dude, Man, and they got bro. like so many different, um, you know, interests and 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 uh, ways about life. I mean, dude, have you ever heard uh, like fucking Jim Carrey talk, bro? Oh dude, yeah, he's a deep motherfucker, he's deep, dude, bro, deep, deep, dude, and, very deep. And he's like one of the funny funniest people on this planet. Same thing with bro. Chappelle. I remember when I remember when we used to watch Chappelle on the Chappelle Show. You would have this one view of Dave Chappelle. And then finally, he was on Inside the Actor Studio. Oh, right. And that was oh. the first time I saw him. Phenomenal. And I realized how angry he was. Uh. Like on Chappelle's show, he was just this goofy dude. Yeah. But then on Inside the Actor Studio, he was this guy who was disenchanted with Americans. He's like, I really thought, I remember he said, he goes, he goes, I threw a lot of N-words in my show. He goes, because I really thought America was ready for it. And then he goes, now I got to be out and white kids are calling me the N-word. And I'm mm. like, no, you're not getting it, you fucking idiots. And to see him mad about that and deep about that, I remember in my when I was really young, it really proved to me. I was like, yeah, man, these comedians are much deeper and more layered. And actually more people. Same thing with fighters, like UFC fighters. I don't know how many times I talked to like so many people and they would just have this view of like all oh, those boneheads. Right. Dude, some of these guys are some of the smartest motherfuckers on the planet, man. Yeah. Very thoughtful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, there's more than meets the eye. Transformers! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, Mike, if uh, they want to find you, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike from Detroit on everything. Venmo, Twitter, Pornhub. Fucking Pornhub. Um, everything. Mike from Detroit on everything. Also known as uh, Public Yemeni. If you go to publicyemeni.com, it'll just take you to mikefromdetroit.com. But I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I call it Public Yemeni Number One. That's cool. I, I like that's a dope ass shirt. Dude. Yeah, I and, like that. Uh, we're gonna see where it goes. So, do yeah. it, Mike buddy. from Detroit. I love it. Holler Thanks, Mike. Boy. Good to see you, brother.